Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. My usual co-host, Don Dix, is doing only four hours of radio every day this week, subbing for his partner, Jennifer, on The Morning Answer, plus his own daily show. So for some reason, he decided to pass on doing the show, our show this week. But filling in is um, a fellow member of the leadership team on the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, Doug Hauser, very active, and we're going to talk more about the kind of things that he and his wife are doing later but we want to get right to our very special guest. And one of my personal favorites is Michelle Malkin. And there are many conservative pundits out there, and they all have, they may have good things to say. But Michelle is a warrior for the cause in the way that Donald Trump is a warrior for the cause. And not just a, a talking head expressing his or her opinion. And she's on tour for her latest book, Michelle Malkin, uh, Open Borders, Inc., Who is Funding America's Destruction? She's been doing this for 25 years. She said it at a book signing on, on Wednesday night. I guess she must have started at age seven. <laughs> and uh, she has seven books. This is the seventh three R on immigration. And welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you very much. It's a great honor to have you. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, Doug, and obviously thank you to Don as well. He did a fantastic job this week. Uh, he's an energizer bunny, and uh, we all need to be. We do. Yes. Before we dive into your book and the subject of immigration, what led you to be a warrior for the cause of America and freedom? Oh, I'd have to say I attribute that to my parents, who are legal immigrants, naturalized Americans to this country who have never, ever, ever taken for granted the privilege that they were blessed with to be able to come here uh, to achieve the American dream and to pass it on to their own children. And obviously, my husband and I want to do the same for our own children. That's what um, all... American families um, in this nation want and desire. It's the, the common tie and bind that uh, brings us all together. And I have exercised the First Amendment um, without fear for so long. And, in, and unfortunately, until this year, um, had not had to worry about uh, whether my ability to communicate would be throttled or endangered in any way. But um, I have more energy and more fire and more passion than ever to continue doing what I've been able to do because I uh, see, you know, what, what is often called the Overton window being slammed shut, especially when it comes to these fundamental matters of protecting our borders and enforcing our immigration laws. And kudos to your parents because you went to one of the most liberal leftist, Marxist, social, whatever you want to put on that, universities, Oberlin, and you still came out a, a freedom-loving America-loving American. <laughs> it backfired on Oberlin. Uh, I, I always like to say that they survived me, <laughs> not the other way around. Uh, but, you know, there was this um, very explicit and uh, very adamant and militant attempt to brainwash uh, generations of college students into radical identity politics. And uh, my parents were very, very fiercely dedicated to 
uh, educating their children in the value of individual liberty, free market capitalism in our country, uh, the Constitution of the United States. And uh, I think having a, a very sound moral foundation and educational grounding before I went off to college is what saved me. Before we dive into the book, tell us a story that you told Wednesday night about your grandfather. Yes, yes. My maternal grandfather, my mom's father, uh, was a, a Philippine um, member of the military during World War II who fought alongside American soldiers, loved everything American. Uh, he himself was a, a police chief in his village in San Pablo City in the Laguna province on the main island, um, uh, about an hour, hour and a half south of uh, the capital city, Manila. And uh, when he first came to the United States, I was in third grade. There's only one thing he wanted to do, which was to see the Statue of Liberty. And he wept uh, when uh, we all went there as a family to see it and uh, put his uh, hands on, on my face and uh, just reiterated what my parents had taught us. Um, that we were so lucky to be Americans. And he had survived the Bataan uh, Death March and uh, lived a long, blessed life. And I carry that in my heart, just uh, the how he was swelled with emotion and how his eyes filled with tears um, when he was able to come here and, and see that Statue of Liberty, which to him represented, you know, the, the, the shining city on the hill that Ronald Reagan has always talked about, uh, and our nation, our exceptional nation, as a model for the rest of the world. In your book, there's, right from the title, there's three things that we want to talk about. One is the title, Open Borders, Inc. We've seen the deluge coming across the border, and that doesn't even count all the visa overstays that you don't see on television. But you named it Open Borders, Inc., implying that suggests that there's some business or organization behind this. Well, it is a big business. It's an enterprise, and Open Borders Incorporated is my label for the entire global infrastructure of many different special interests that are partnering, that are allying, that are colluding, and yes, conspiring to sabotage not only the sovereignty of the United States, but pretty much every Western industrialized nation that still stands. So, yes, uh, big businesses is a huge part of that because of uh, the cheap labor, uh, insatiable appetite of many of these corporations. Um, and uh, they don't care about our borders. They don't care about interior enforcement. Ultimately, they don't care about our public safety or our national security. What they care about is the almighty dollar and the bottom line. And this isn't any kind of free market capitalist system that I support uh, because sovereignty must come first. But there are also many religious nonprofits and so-called charities uh, that are cashing in on uh, the business of smuggling humans from around the world whether it's through our southern border, our northern border, our land, sea, airports of entry, or whether it's through all of these legal means of redistributing the rest of the world into the country. And the refugee resettlement racket is a, a huge uh, textbook example of that. And then, there, of course, there are all the radical identity groups um, that are satellites of the Democrat Party, 
what's their interest. It's not necessarily a financial motive, but as part of Open Borders Incorporated, the ultimate goal for them is securing a Democrat permanent ruling majority. And obviously, all of your listeners and folks in California have seen this fundamental transformation over the last 25 years. The plan is being executed. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember Democrats used to be in favor of immigration enforcement, and even Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and Harry Reid, all, you go back and find their statements not too long ago, saying we, you know, we need to enforce our immigration laws. Yes, well, they've always paid lip service to it. They paid lip service to it when they uh, bamboozled Republicans and uh, the late dear departed Ronald Reagan into signing on to the Immigration and Reform Reform and Control Act of 1986. Oh, yeah, they were all for enforcement, but let's have amnesty first. It's always amnesty first, America last, uh, with these people. Um, and and in fact, there there were some... Uh, genuine supporters of immigration enforcement and border security long, long ago in the Democrat Party. Barbara Jordan, who headed up a, a, a genuine and, and bona fide immigration reform commission, uh, late African-American congresswoman from Texas, um, was probably you know one of the last heroes and, and champions on behalf of American sovereignty within the Democrat Party. But they've been completely shoved uh, out of the mainstream and replaced with radical, explicit, American-hating uh, borders opponents like uh, the anti-American Brat Pack of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Open Bordez, Rashida Tlaib, uh, and Ilan Omar. The last part of your subtitle, Who's Funding America's Destruction?, yeah, this is bad. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible that 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 Americans are killed by illegal aliens. But why is why are we discuss why is this America's destruction? Well, I mean, it's our very existence and survival depends on our ability to exercise our right of self-determination about who gets in, who is allowed to stay in, uh what traits or skills they bring to the country and what, as a country, we are able to do about it when we detect that people don't belong here uh, and should be deported. And that word has become so toxic. It's a trigger now. How dare we uh, talk about actually enforcing the laws that are on the books? And uh, this has led to our demise in so many ways. And there are so many examples every single day in this country that get whitewashed by the open borders media of law-abiding American citizens, families, law-abiding legal immigrants, for that matter, whose lives have been destroyed, who have been permanently separated from their loved ones because of immigration anarchy. And, uh, you know, over the last 25 years, there's been this long, slow march uh, towards America's destruction. Uh, we see it, of course, in California, now Gavin Newsom, but it's been going on for a quarter century of transforming a sovereign state and a sovereign nation, for that matter, into a sanctuary state and sanctuary nation for criminal aliens and other malefactors. Michelle, I'm so glad that you mentioned the international component 
of this. America is not the only country that is under siege in this way. Um, my wife and I just recently attended the American Freedom Alliance seminar just a couple of weekends ago, and this very topic was discussed, the importance of sovereignty to representative democracy and to individual rights. And representatives there from Belgium and France and the Netherlands um, and the UK all talked about how massive immigration was being used to undermine their national sovereignty and hand over control uh, of their countries to, you know, an unelected leftist elite bureaucracy. Um, and I don't know if the uh, the motive was, you know, primarily financial. It seemed that they all, all agreed that the motive seemed to be that they basically hated their own countries, wanted to blame Western Europe and America for everything wrong in the world, um, and wanted to uh, remake those countries in some image, you know, created in their own minds. Uh, so this struggle is that we're having here is part of an international struggle. Would you uh, care to comment on that? Of course, and I lay that out in Open Borders Incorporated because the United Nations, the European Union, many of the transnational elites, uh, these NGOs um, overseas, uh, work in concert with uh, the hundreds of organizations that Hungarian billionaire George Soros has um, perpetuated and, and spread across the United States. They all work in concert. And so, yes, the financial imperative is very strong on the part of many of these groups, but the ideological imperative, which you are identifying and which uh, all of the fantastic people at AFA um, illuminate so trenchantly, uh, is also a big driver of it. It is a perfect storm of all of these special interests that are uh, combining to... And this is why I say it's not just the United States. It's every Western industrialized nation. And, of course, you're seeing these populist movements rise up and fight back. Of course, the difference in Europe and the reason why there has been, I think, um, much more success in some ways uh, in countries like Italy and Hungary and Poland uh, is that they have a parliamentary system and systems that allow, um, m you know, much more vigorous third, fourth, and fifth parties to arise. We don't have that. And in, in, in essence, what we've had uh, rule over the last 25 years in, in the Beltway Swamp before Donald Trump came along um, was a uniparty, right? One Open Borders Incorporated Beltway Swamp Party. Um, that had both Democrats and Republicans colluding together to pass these um, amnesties year after year after year and to expand the pipelines for cheap labor. Even as we speak, we've got agribusiness interests that are combining with the radical left uh, to pass another agricultural amnesty. And remember, that was folded into the 1986 IRCA. I noted that one of the beneficiaries of that was Ireneo Mujica, the leader of Pueblo Sin Fronteras, organizing all of these illegal alien caravans. It's supported by both major political parties, and that's what we're up against. I know your time is with us is limited this morning, Michelle. Um, make sure you get your her boy, latest book, Open Borders, Inc., Who is Funding America's Destruction, available wherever books are sold. How else can people connect with you on Twitter or social media, website? What do you got? 
So my main website, which I've had for 15 years, is michellemalkin.com. That is the number one place that I urge people to go. I still remain on Silicon Valley platforms, uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, um, but I do urge people, and I wrote a column about this, which I'll uh, tweet out, um, of uh, you know making sure that uh, you support all these alternatives. And you have mentioned Gab, which I am on, um, and use alternative browsers and search engines, DuckDuckGo, for example, BitChute instead of YouTube. Um, but we will always be able to connect and communicate. And I also have a newsletter that you can subscribe to, and you can find the link on that on my website. If I can indulge you for one more question, there's something that's puzzled me and I cannot figure it out is I know the Republican donors want cheap labor, but you look the, the poll data the, is overwhelming that the immigration is going to hand the country to, is going to make the entire country like California politically, yet the vast majority of Republicans either don't get this or ignore this, and they're committing not only national suicide, but political suicide. And why would a political party commit political suicide? I don't understand that. Do you have any insight into that. Well, I mean, the, the 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 sometimes the simplest answer is the most obvious one. And uh, to me, um, dealing with so many of these uh, rhino traders over the years, um, they say that they they pay lip service to the values of uh, conservatism and um, the mainstream of the Republican Party, but they act in such a manner that they belong to the other side. And that's what we have here, is fragging from inside the tent. So to them, it's not suicide. It really is murder, because they are not part of our team. And we've seen that happen to the Republican Party in California. I'm old enough to remember, and I was here when this was uh, the last vestiges of a red state. And who was it that helped kill it off the, the most vigorously? It was open borders traitors within the Republican Party. These are the people who are uh, the backbone of, well, they don't have a backbone, so I don't know what you call them, but they're the foundation of the anti-Trump resistance. These are the never-Trumpers within the Republican Party, and we have to fight them every bit as vigorously as we do the enemies from without our tent as we head into 2020's elections. Michelle, I cannot thank you enough for being on our show today. I know your time is very valuable. We want to respect that. And I want to thank you for the, all you do for the cause as well as being on our show. And we hope to see you again in SoCal in the not-too-distant future. Safe travels. Thank you. It was my pleasure. You guys represent the, the grassroots, and it's men and women like you that are really our last hope of taking this country back. So keep up the great work and know that you are appreciated. Thank you, Michelle. And now we'll have a word from our sponsor for this half of Unite, i.e. Radio, Ed Hoffman, the man to go to for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590, The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of 
anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on Earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM 590, The Answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And my co-host today, because Don Dix is doing morning answer, his own show, four hours of radio a day. So we have a uh, guest host, Doug Hauser, is on the leadership team with the, of the Redlands Tea Party Patriots with me. Uh, and Doug and his wife exemplify what that saying of uh, Justice, Justice Brandeis, we often quote, that the most important political office is that of the private citizen. Doug, why don't you, you've got about three minutes left here. Why are you in the cause? And tell us about the kind of things that you and your wife are doing. Well, uh, we joined the cause shortly after 9-11. Um, I was a lifetime Democrat, though in those days, liberalism meant something a lot different than it does today. Liberalism meant power to the people, you know, and stick it to the man. It was not the government is the solution to every problem, and we should all be uh, knuckle under to uh, to some bureaucrats or politicians in Sacramento or in Washington. It was a lot different in those days. But after 9-11, it became clear to my wife and I, and my wife was a much more of a Democratic activist. She was uh, very high in, in Democratic politics, uh, Democratic Party politics. And um, after 9-11, it became pretty clear that the United States had some serious enemies in the world. And the Democrats were totally uh, unable or unwilling or both to fight those enemies. In fact, they just started siding with them at every turn there was, uh, insisting that, you know, bank accounts could not be scrutinized of foreign nationals and, you know, all kinds of things could not happen. And the New York Times releasing a national security information that helped our enemies. Um, and just as we sort of tuned in more to both sides more clearly, it became clear that one side was a patriotic side that believed in the United States of America as a great and noble nation. And uh, we've just come over to this side. So now we are with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. And uh, we are involved in both outreach issues, outreach to the community at large, and also educational issues. And let me say that one of our major driving uh, factors that I would like everybody to help get involved with is the school choice initiative and the general issue of school choice. This is an issue that we have found to be so popular with the people that we talk to that I believe this could be a means of taking back the state and taking back the national government on a large level because parents, which is most of the people, want to have control of their children's education. And when you look at the mathematics of it, it can save money for the taxpayer and increase the educational level of our children, and that will be a good thing for our country in the long run. Um, Let me me stop you there. It's more than just save money. It's more than just improve education. The current government-run schools are turning out people with no conception or concept of what it means to be a free country, of what it means to be a free person, and, and the history and principles that gave the freedom that we have and the prosperity that we have now today. Along with immigration, we just had a great interview with Michelle Malkin. 
school that the school choice and getting our children out of the government run schools is a country and civilizational existential issue and school choice is the only way to do it completely uh, agree that is all the time we have in this half is tune in next half of United IE Radio. We're going to be talking to Pastor Tim Thompson about triple X sex education and other matters. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM 590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of any Anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM 590. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, my usual co-host, Don Dix, is uh, his part, regular partner in his daily show is off on vacation this week, so he's doing three hours of the morning answer this week, plus an hour of his own show, and for some reason just didn't have, didn't want to do yet another hour of radio today, so filling in for Don... Yes is uh, Doug Hauser, who is also on the Redlands Tea Party Patriots Cabinet with me. Um, welcome, Doug. And our, if you didn't hear the first half, we had a great interview with Michelle Malkin on her book, Open Borders, Inc., who is funding America's destruction. So go back and pick that up on the podcast. She was absolutely fantastic. And we have another great guest in this half hour, and that is Pastor Tim Thompson, and uh, he's out of Marietta, and he's one of the pastors that doesn't just go to church on Sunday and preach and give a sermon and maybe do a little charitable work in the community, but he's out engaging in the community. He's formed another organization. Um, it's ourwatchnow.com to try to do this. As I understand, uh, Pastor Tim, you were almost arrested. What did you do to get, get yourself almost arrested? <laughs> Well, hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, yeah, we we uh, were out in uh, Caneo Valley. We were there for the school board meeting, and um, you could see there was there was a lot of tension in the air. We when we walked in, there was um, there there was definitely a, a fight going on, and it, it was a fight for parental rights. And so, I was allowed to to get up for my public comment, which I did. And after the public comment, we sat down, and 
listening to some of the board members and their very apparent disdain for parent rights, um, we, we heard them saying their, their mantra, and at one point, one of them had said that she didn't really even know what parental rights means. Yeah. Uh, when she said that, I was appalled. I, I couldn't believe that an educated woman in a position like a trustee for a school board didn't know what parental rights mean. So when she said that, I, I just naturally blurted out to my wife, who was sitting next to me, I said, is she serious? And when she heard me say that, she addressed me. She asked me to be quiet, to not talk in the room. And um, from that point forward, she had her eyes on me consistently. And during that time with her eyes on me consistently, she, she finally at one point got up, walked out, and then stormed back in. And the president of the board had said, okay, I see that you left unexpectedly. I assume you went to go get security. And she said, yes, I did. The police are on their way. And at that point, the, the board president started telling everybody, you better maintain uh, your you know, quietness. We're going to keep order in this room or we're going to shut this down. This is our meeting. And, of course, the police showed up, and they stood in the room next to me, and um, it was just a, a tactic of intimidation, really, is what they were trying to do. And, you know, the way it looked, they just want to have a news story that, that a pastor came in, disrupted their, their meeting, police had to be called, you know. Um, they just want to push a narrative, really. Now, the parental rights regarding what? Is this, is this, was this about the triple uh, X sex education that is being forced upon California. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, the parental rights are being stripped away from parents on every level within the public school system. We live in a day and age where uh, our daughters can leave campus without our knowledge, without our consent, to go and get abortions. Um, according to the ACLU, they can do that at any age. We, we live in a day and age where our young men, are, are the, these boys that we're raising up to be men, um, they can leave campus without our knowledge or consent, go get trans therapy. Um, it's incredible. The, the, the rights are being stripped away from the parents. Of course, um, the, the sex ed curriculum, the AB 329, allows for a parent to opt their kids out of that instruction. However, uh, with the passing of AB 329, many of the concepts, especially the transgender ideology, uh, this this idea that there is an infinite number of genders, this type of teaching has gone beyond the realms of sex ed. They've placed it into assemblies. They've placed it into uh, you know social studies, language arts, uh, history. They've placed it into other subjects, and in those subjects or in those assemblies, parents do not have a right to opt their kids out. And so they're they're taking our rights away from us. They're forcing an ideology that is not rooted in science or logic. They're forcing it on our children, taking away their freedom to speak out against it, and uh, requiring that they re- refer to these uh, gender issues in the affirmative. So, yeah, parental rights are being stripped away, and that's the fight right now. And it was abundantly clear, especially in the Caneo Valley Unified School District, that four of the five trustees are all for pushing a gender spectrum on the kids and all for taking away the rights of the parents. Their attitude was, we know what we're doing. We're the educators. You're the parent. 
So you keep silent, and we will do what we think is best for your kids. It was very clear that's their attitude. And thank God for one of the school board members there, Sandy Everett. She was an incredible asset to the the movement of parental rights. You know, she uh, when the police came in, you should have seen Sandy Everett. She was just appalled. They they said, "Oh, wait, well, we feel threatened." And she said, "You know, I cannot believe you when you had your supporters in here, and I was speaking on behalf of the parents. You you should have seen how your supporters were treating me." And you know, she said, "Your supporters were." screaming at me, yelling at me, shouting at me. They laughed at me and mocked me. They had signs they were holding up. They would stand up when I was speaking. They would hiss at me and snap their fingers at me. And one parent says one thing, and you've got the police in here. I mean, it's total hypocrisy. Pastor Tim, uh, I agree with you. Totally disgusting behavior. Um, as a biomedical researcher in my previous life, I can tell you for sure there are, in fact, two genders, two sexes. Um, I've never yet read a paper that started. We examined 12 uh, transgender rats for, you know, their tumors. Uh, they're always male or female, and that's observed by just looking at them and figuring out whether they're male or female. We don't ask their opinion or their preference on it. Um, my question to you is, how did we get into this fix? Um, I remember just a few years ago when same-sex marriage was being discussed, the argument of the left was, how will this affect your family? Um, now we see essentially captive audiences, school kids, being indoctrinated into this stuff. Um, the, the people who can't have kids themselves are telling the rest of us how to raise our kids. Uh, it shows the incredible dangers of progressivism, how it goes from one thing to the next to the next. How did we get here? Why does the LGBTQ community have such political clout? Well, they've gotten themselves into the higher echelons of things like the California Teachers Association and the Parent and Teachers Association. Um, it's, it's really clear. I mean, most teachers don't want these things taught to children, but most teachers in the state of California are paying their dues to the California Teachers Association. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is the, the top people in, in the CTA, they're the ones that are pushing this agenda. They're spending millions, in the hundreds of millions per year, to help get these types of legislation passed. Not only that, but the Parent-Teacher Association. You've got, you've got thousands, possibly millions of parents across the state that help to raise support for the PTA. And yet the PTA is taking that support and helping to approve this type of legislation that's cutting the parents out. So the parents literally wow. are working to help cut themselves out of their kids' lives, and they, they don't even realize it. They don't so even realize it. How did it. we get here? Yeah, how did we get here? Um, parents parents are busy, let's face it. You know, we've got a lot of things going on. We live in the state of California uh, that is jam-packed full of freeways, and we're all on them, and it's hard to keep up with everything that's going on. Not to mention the fact that pastors across this state, as well-meaning as, as they are, Pastors are not engaging in these political issues. They say, well, I don't want to get involved. That's political. Um, the, the problem there is these things aren't political. These things are moral. These things are ethical. These things are biblical issues that have been politicized. But we need, as pastors, we need to step up. We need to know. We need to be informed. We need to know what's going on. And we need to communicate to our congregations 
that this is what's going on in our community, and this is what the Bible says about it, and so this is what we should do about it. Someone's going to decide whether to teach your children, for example, to uh, use vegetables as sex toys, or whether to use a dental dam to perform oral on anal sex. And if the God-loving people of America, the America-loving people of America, abstain from that and back out of that, then it, by default, it goes to the radical leftists and the teacher unions and, and elsewhere to make that decision. Right, and, and you know, those two examples that you just gave, as horrific as those things are, and, and as off-putting as it may be for a Californian ear to hear, um, these are the realities of what's taking on in the public school system. Um, why, you're right, you mean we talk about most pastors don't do this. Why are you doing this? They don't engage. They don't engage. <laughs> Why am I doing it? Well, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I talk to a lot of people, and they say, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of California. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Idaho. I'm going to move to Coeur d'Alene. And, and as appealing as that is to a conservative in California, here's the fact. If we all leave, who's going to be left to stand for the children? Um, God won't let me leave. If I leave, I'm Jonah. You know, I'm, I'll find myself in the belly of a well and, and thrown up on Huntington Beach, you know. Um, I'm, I'm here doing what God's called me to do, what he's created me to do, and that is to be salt and light. You know, the Bible's very clear. Uh, Jesus called Christians to be salt and light. And uh, all for a long time now, I've watched the church try to be those things, and salt, of course, adds flavor and uh, taste to things, and, and light is attractive. But salt also is a preservative, and salt stings a little bit. And light, it exposes what's going on in the darkness. And the church needs to be the salt and the light in the sense that we need to preserve our community. And if something wicked is taking place, we need to expose it. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm watching what's going on, and I cannot believe the attack on parental rights. I cannot believe the attack on our poor little children that there are people who have sexually objectified our children and somebody needs to take a stand. And if, if not the pastors, then who? Absolutely. Let's take a break here and hear from our sponsor for this half of Unite, i.e. Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We have uh, two people who exemplify that. 
with us today. First is my co-host, Doug Hauser, on the leadership team of the Redlands Tea Party Patriots with me. And second is our guest, Pastor Tim Thompson, who is taking the lead out in the community to uphold the moral values that built this country. And his website there is ourwatchnow.com. We're talking about the triple X sex education. And Doug, you have a question. Okay. uh, My question is, or let me start with a little statement, which is that I think one very powerful way of fighting back against this is the school choice initiative. People, our listeners can go to CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org and sign a pre-petition setting up so that we will have a a list later when the actual petition rolls out. And I think that will take much control out of the hands of the teachers union, which, as you correctly point out, uh, is behind a lot of this nonsense. Um, My question is, besides that, for example, Uh, And besides staying informed, as important as that is, what concrete steps could our listeners do to help join in this fight? Well, yeah, there's there's several things. I I love what you're saying about school choice. Um, If if that becomes a reality, that that will solve a lot of the issues we're talking about because you will have schools fighting for for that type of enrollment Mm -hmm. um, because People will flee any school that, that's teaching their, their young son that they can be a girl. So um, I'd love to see that be a, an actual option for us, and I know that there's a lot of push for it. I fully support anybody who's doing that, and um, if, that, if that comes up for a vote, parents need to get out and vote big time for that. Um, another thing that I'm working on right now is the idea of sanctuary school districts for parental rights. And, and, in fact, we've got a uh, school board that's got this on the agenda for discussion. It's the Marietta Valley School Board, and that's going to be on November 14th at 5 p.m. And so I'd love to have people come out in support of, of this concept. Repeat that date and time. November 14th, and that's going to be 5 p.m. at the Marietta Valley Unified School District office. You will definitely want to get a good turnout of patriots and, and concerned parents for that event to uh, support that, that great effort. Because we know here in California, the, you know, the Democrats have shown us that whenever you don't like a law, such as immigration laws, you're free to ignore it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly what they've done, especially on these immigration laws. Um, we have, we're, we're a state and a nation that has laws, and they're supposed to be law and order. Um, the idea of law and order is, is something I think is really important. Um, so me trying to push for a sanctuary school district for parental rights is not an attempt to say, let's just get rid of law and order. But the left has taken that concept of we don't like the laws, so let's just not follow them. And if they're going to be allowed to, to do that, then I think we should be allowed to say, okay, I don't want these things taught. I don't want my child going off campus to get abortions. I don't want them going off campus to get transgender therapy. And so since there are laws that that say these things, then I expect my school district to look out for the best interest of its community and make a stand against the state and make a stand for the parents and make our district a sanctuary school district. And, you know, let's, let's face it, um, we, we need to – to look at the fact that these laws that are taking place are a direct violation of our First Amendment rights. With the passing of AB 329, we have forced the concept in our school districts that if you don't believe in a spectrum of genders, then you need to keep your mouth shut. 
you because here's the thing: AB three twenty nine requires that these things be discussed in the affirmative, and so it gets rid of diversity of thought, and it compels speech for children. It compels speech for teachers, and not only that, it does not give us the freedom to have a religious belief that there are only two genders. So it's violating our First Amendment rights all over the place. So I say it's time that we find a school district that will take a stand against this. Of course, the state and somebody, the ACLU will probably come and sue the district right away. But Advocates for Faith and Freedom, Bob Tyler's office has already said, I want to stand for parental rights, and let's take it all the way to the Supreme Court. Right. You need to get the Pacific Justice Institute also to help you with that. They want to make you not only prevent you from saying that two plus two is four, they want to make you say two plus two is five or 17 or oranges, depending on what is in their political interest today. I want to broaden the discussion in our our remaining time here. We've seen over really over the last 50 years, a concerted attack on Christianity, which really was the foundation of our country from the Declaration of Independence, our rights that are endowed by our creator, John Adams, our constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. George Washington, of all the dispositions and habits that lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And we've seen this concerted attack for 50 plus years and to the point where now the Christianity, the people that say they believe, is declining, and the number of of atheists is increasing, particularly among the most recently indoctrinated young people in the government-run schools and the universities. And I don't see a heck of a lot that the church is doing in maybe what its primary mission is to spread the word and make more Christians. Oh, I, I agree with you. So what do we do? So, so how is, is if America is dependent upon this Judeo-Christian morality, what? How do how do we recapture that, or can it be recaptured? Uh, I think it can be recaptured. Um, however, I, you know, I I do believe that that we're heading into a time the Bible describes as a time where people will no longer endure sound doctrine. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't continue to preach sound doctrine. And I think that's where we found is that the Church has gotten away from preaching sound doctrine, because, let's face it, sound doctrine is offensive. And we live in a culture where nobody wants to be offended and nobody wants to offend anyone. But the Bible itself says that the Word of God is an offense. And so if we're going to go out and share the Word of God with people, we have to know that at some point it's going to offend some people, but, you know, it, it, it's good to be offended sometimes. It, it, it builds character in you and, and also helps you to see where things may be going wrong in your life. And so we need to get back to sharing the truth. As offensive as it may be, um, we have to share the truth. And it's just, in many ways, it's just not happening in our state. Um, it, it's, it's a sad thing, but nobody wants to actually tell the truth. And here's here's another thing that we have to consider is, if the church stops speaking out the truth, as offensive as it is, and they want to just say things that are popular, say things that are going to make people feel good about themselves, you know, there's plenty of self-help organizations out there. There's plenty of uh, motivational speakers. If, if There's plenty of concerts. 
you know, if we're just going to be a place where people are going to be motivated and experience some great entertainment, we're just like the rest of the world. And this is what people drastically mean. That's why people are stop, they're stopping their attendance at church because they're thinking, listen, I'm hearing the same thing in church that I'm hearing elsewhere. So why even go to church? Why even be involved? There's nothing unique about it. There's nothing different. And this is one thing that people are drastically looking for and they drastically need is, I want a place where I'm going to hear truth. I want a place that's going to challenge me. I want a place that's going to, um, to give me the truth no matter what. And if preachers will be bold enough to start sharing that, I don't think they'll, they'll see their, their churches fall apart. I think they'll see their, their churches strengthened. Um, I agree with you very much. Um, as a Jewish American, which you know, but our listeners may not, um, I think it's important to draw a distinction between religious dogma and religious morality. Uh, religious dogma can vary from, from sect to sect or from religion to religion, but a true religious morality tends to be much more universal. And this is what people seek uh, in their daily lives, I think. It, it's not important so much, you know, what name they call God or, or uh, you know, what particular ritual they follow, but they want a morality. They want to understand how they should behave and what their relationship should be to their fellow man. If in our closing seconds you could just address that, that would be great. Well, sure. I mean, you're Jewish, I'm Christian, and because of of that, we both share the same source for that morality. It's called the Old Testament. It's called the law. And the law is a good thing. It tells us where we have fallen short. For the Christian, you know, it tells the Christian why they need Jesus. But for the Jew, for the Christian, it tells us where we've fallen short. And there has to be some source where we find that morality. And, you know, here's the beautiful thing about the law, the books of Moses, is they've been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have not changed. It's been the same for centuries. And... We look at everything that's going on all around us. There's there's constant change. There's You wake up in the morning, and you don't know what you're going to see on the news. You don't know what you're going to hear is happening at your school district. But one thing Pastor Tim, I am we, uh, we are Pastor Tim, we are up against a hard break here. I want to thank you for being on our show and yes. for everything you're doing for the cause Terrific. of God, morality, and freedom in America. And we're going to certainly promote this... Uh, Sanctuary School District event at the Murrieta Valley School District on November 14th, 5 p.m. And look forward to having you back on the show. That was all the time we have this week. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 
951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends here on AM590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM 590 The Answer. AM 590 The Answer.